Shane. You always had a situation in a big way, man. express myself sometimes when i need to be properly different fuck <laughs> welcome, welcome to, to the lockdown we are back all the opinions of our own and not of our employers so don't get shitty about it um we're back we've been away for a little bit uh because we've been busy doing things and uh Evan. now we're here back rubs back rubs there's been back rubs going on oh, yeah. there's been fires Dealing with fires, flames, um, birthdays, birthdays, yeah. lots and, of birthdays, um, and and Kerry's been mentioning Rats. around at home. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Kerry was instrumental in coming around my house and attempting to eradicate some little furry. Uh, travellers in my back garden uh, they were rats and uh, we didn't see any oh well we did see one didn't we Kerry and Adam but yeah, it jumped couple, it actually. Let, it they fucking legged it as soon as they saw the gun they, they? They, they saw the big gun and it was uh, you know it was an air gun so don't fucking so you weren't, you weren't hiding so they couldn't see you shoot it yeah they we were that's it <laughs> we hid in the garage and then we came out of the garage um, and then we hid in some house and then, Two metres apart, I hope. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think <laughs> it was. I think it was the screams of "Get your dick out! Get your dick out!" that scared him off. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, yeah, it's a bit too much. So, how you been, boys? What's been going on? How you been, Cronk? Let's start with you, mate. What's been going on? Oh, good, mate. My nipper's crawling. That's entertaining. Oh, oh, congratulations, mate. How old yeah. is Nipper now? Said he is nine months this week. Bloody hell. Oh, you're so fucked, yeah. mate. <laughs> he's he's pulled, pulled himself up on the sofa today and started scooting along oh, it. I'm mate. terrified. Oh, oh shit. Has there been talk of more children yet, Kronk? That... Yes. Like, oh, li- non, non-stop. Is it? Get on it yeah. now, son. Get busy. Oh, shit, son. How many she you're want? You're in the danger zone now. I don't know, mate. To be more, honest. Mate. More than one. More than one, but less yeah. than five. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you start your negotiations. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind, mate, to be honest. Like, I'd quite like to be all fucking old mind man. when your bank balance is fucked. Yeah, yeah it's you will be fucked mate. anyway. You will mind. Yeah, you but will mind. the more of them there are, the more of them can look after me when I'm an old alcoholic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucked. You know? That's I quite like the... Uh, my, my old man's got a busy dinner table. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how there's a lot of How many How many of... How many siblings you got? You got like three brothers, haven't you? I've got one brother, two sisters. Oh, and three. Um, three my sister's got two kids. My brother's got a kid. I've got a kid. My younger sister's fourteen years younger than me, so she's still at school. Okay. Um, so there's fuck loads of us at Christmas and stuff and birthdays. It's wicked, like barbecues oh. and that. It's cool. They work. What about you, George? What's been going on? 
just been hella busy. Lots of people want their gardens done. Uh, you know, a lot of time looking out the window, a lot of money not spent on going on holiday. Uh, so, yeah, I've got more work than I can handle at the moment, but, you know, can't complain. Where, did, where were you planning on going? Were you, did you have something booked? Uh, oh, no, not me. It's more the clientele. Oh, other people. Right, the clients. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was a couple who I went and saw who were supposed to be going to New York two weeks ago. Uh, both of them were key workers, you know, had this plan for absolutely ages. And now they've got like eight, nine grand spare that they can't really spend at the moment. Well, that's a nice feeling, that. <laughs> Fucking hell, I don't know what key workers they are. have <laughs> <laughs> got a spare 10, gra- 10 G sitting in their back pocket. I want to do that key work. Adamski, what's been going on? I'm now an old man, 39 years old, midlife crisis, um, trying to cure rats. Yeah. Pricing jobs at work in my little office all by myself, uh, living a dream, really. Nice. Kerry, what's been going on with you, mate? Uh, not a lot. Are they, are they saying, are they, are they back anytime soon, Bournemouth University? Oh, we had like, the biggest Zoom meeting the other day uh like a hundred and plus people just crazy um yeah if they're kind of planning for a return with social distancing on campus so yeah same as same as usual but i think by september how the fuck you know, are you gonna get horny team like it's not gonna happen 18 years <laughs> of social distance what's your stool so? yeah yeah. Oh, can I ask you a question, Kerry? <laughs> yeah. Does this social distancing? Because so my theory on this is that a lot of schools are people, kids are returning to schools right and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The only way they are going to facilitate social distancing is if other people don't turn up, because if you're at capacity, you can't social distance, right? You've got yeah, like a a 15 by 15 classroom or whatever, this not that actually is not enough space to make two metres between every person. Is that is that the conversations? Are they saying, well, look, we don't know how many people are going to come back. But obviously the other thing with uni is all these poor people are paying nine grand a year or whatever it is, yeah, you know, yeah, to be there. So they ain't not turning up. They're going to be like, fuck yeah. me, I'm coming back to university. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, about, obviously, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't speak to the university, but if, if I was 18, I'm not going to be worried about coronavirus, uh, you know, or, or even I, I personally, my personal view is come, you know, September time, we're going to be back tangoing as usual. I don't think, I mean, how many weeks away is that? What, six? Don't say it, please. It's a long <laughs> this, the year is gone. No, it's more, it's more than that. <laughs> But, um, no, no, it's a lot, a lot more than six weeks. What we're talking about, but Merry either way, Christmas, everyone. I, I don't think we're going to be social distancing at that point because the, the pubs are going to kick off because they want to do um, a meter, but I fill people full of alcohol and then say sorry, you've got to stay a meter apart. It's, it's not going to happen. I love you, mate. You're my best mate. an observation I've made that. That is, and it's not. I mean, this is not rocket science. This is not you discovering that I'm Albert Einstein and I've discovered the fucking theory of relativity too. But what I notice is because COVID and the coronavirus has no visual warnings, that people very quickly forget about 
social distancing, not touching their face, not touching stuff. You know, it is it is so difficult to maintain it in a in a in a group environment is what I'm saying. You can even see it ever so slightly at a shop. Who's actually a either walked past someone within a two meter distance <laughs> or walked towards them, seen that they're there, done a little dance shuffle and then turned around and all that time they've been breathing on you. You know what I mean? It because Guilty there is as charged. Yeah, but we've all done it, mate. The bottom line is because you don't actually see that um, danger, the hazard of it. The human beings just forget about it. So essentially, we just stop doing it. Does anybody else? You know, there's a lot of slagging of people I see on social media for being a out and b with other people. And I just think there's, there's there's not a lot of parameters for them to work with. Do you know what I mean? That you can remind yourself constantly. Um, does well, anybody else? Yeah. Share it's my sympathy for the British public. The thing is, though, Dave, it, 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 it's over now, though, isn't it? The government said, what was it, yesterday or, or today, oh, you can have six, six people around, or you know, like groups of six. So in my back garden, I can fill up with people. Mm. And then, well, there's, you know, that's six times the risk. And I, I, I genuinely think now that's just a, that's just giving the green light to a lot of people just to get their party on big time. What do you think, George? Do you have a sympathy for, I mean, realistically, let's say you haven't got a, um, you haven't got a, I know you live with your mum, so to speak, so that's not the case, but let's say you didn't, you haven't got any medical issues, your missus hasn't got any medical issues, let's say your mum doesn't have any medical issues, but you've all been almost isolating as much as possible for a good set of time, can you sympathise with someone saying, well, actually, you don't mind me going to work and mixing with people at work. Surely I can go and see me mum. It seems logical, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's all common sense. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the general British public have to be kind of patronised to uh, do certain things because a lot of people don't necessarily have common sense. So they'll take it into their own hands and they'll just be, oh, so we can just go hang out at the beach altogether now. I mean, you look at Bournemouth Beach uh, last weekend, just absolutely swarmed with people. No, 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 that's not what you're supposed to be doing. But, you know, the idea of having a couple of people in your back garden, I mean, you know, generally, if you're not sort of all going out and mixing everywhere, I think that's absolutely fine, in my opinion. So let's let's say to Kronk, Kronk, have you seen your mum and dad since lockdown? Let's say you haven't. Let's say you haven't seen them. No, I haven't. And your boy hasn't seen them. (laughs) Yeah. Your mum and dad come round and your boy uh, comes crawling towards them. Are they going to kick him away like a rabid Jack Russell or are they going to pick him up and give him a cuddle? No, do you know what? My mum, bless her, she's like really worried that we don't want him to like cuddle him and stuff. Mm. Like That we're worried. But like my fucking mum's been inside for 12 weeks. Mm. My boy's been inside for 12 weeks. Neither of them have got fucking coronavirus. No, but 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 by the letter of the law, someone may see that and say, "Well, if your mum does give your boy a cuddle, that is not common sense." Whereas actually, what you're saying is common sense, but that is not is what is being prescribed to us by. Do you know what I mean? By the powers that be. I think they have to. They have to dumb and like they have to do this at every level. 
with everything they do. Like they have to dumb everything down so that the most fucking dense person out there can understand <laughs> it, don't they? Like, yeah. and and you know they have to say. I mean, the reality of of life is that despite the fact that they locked us all down, people weren't fucking locked down. People went and looked after their their elderly parents, right? Because their parents were vulnerable. And and they knew that it was a risk and that they might contract coronavirus and they might give it to him. But if they've got fucking Alzheimer's or something, they they don't have a choice. They've got to go and look after him. Or if they've got a stoma bag and they need that changing, they have to go and look after him. If you've got a Down syndrome kid or something and he's and he's an adult now, you've got to fucking go and look after him. You don't have the luxury of being able to lock yourself away. And, you know, people are upset because they can't go they can't go to work anymore and there's the economic impact of, of shit like this but the you know common sense stops it from spreading and if the majority of us stay at home then less people have it less people can spread it but if you've got to go and look after your mum you're gonna go and fucking look after your mum are you if you're confident that you haven't got it at, at some point i think i think um, I suppose playing devil's advocate to that though, there are a lot of people that have played a very strict game with this and followed the rules. They've not seen their loved ones when they've died. They've, you know, they've they've not actually seen their parents at all. People in care homes, they haven't had any contact with them. There's, you know, there has been a lot of people that have moved out of their houses and away from their families in order to not have those moral dilemmas you know working in care homes i met a load of staff that actually lived in a care home they moved out when the coronavirus they all all had kids the husbands were staying home and the wives were staying home to look after the kids and they lived in the care home so there's a lot of people that have been sacrificing a lot um i guess my question leading to it is <clears throat> We all know what has happened with Dominic Cummins. Whether these two things are related or not, how does everybody feel that that event has affected your normal day-to-day British person? Do you think that what he has done has influenced the general public or not? I think it's just Westminster bubble bollocks, to be perfectly honest. It's just, it's just the the uh, the bubble of political journalism in Westminster, just grabbing something as hard as they can and shaking it to death because doesn't fuck all happen for six weeks. So what are you uh, saying, Ryan? You don't you you, I, you don't think you think it's a mountain out of a molehill, so to speak. You don't think yeah, it's I, I don't think anyone gives a fuck about Dominic Cummings. I think they're doing it. I don't think Dominic Cummings ha- has an effect on the general public. I think if they're going to do something, they're going to do it, regardless of what well, he's been think, up to. You don't I, think I, they were trying to get him back for the whole Brexit fiasco? Because he masterminded Brexit, didn't he? No, I think they just think he's a he's a politician. He's a Tory politician. They're currently in government, and he's fucked up. And they're just good. They'll do it to anyone. If anyone fucks up, they'll grab hold of you and shake you to death because this is what they're they're there to sell papers, aren't they? Yeah. They, just, but they live in a bubble than... of Westminster. They, there's nothing else going on in there. They're not. They're not. You know. They're not reporting on the fucking oil 
price war that's going on at the minute. Their job is to report on the shit that's happening in Westminster, and it happens to be the only thing that sells papers at the minute. But you're talking about the media, Cronk. I'm I'm asking you about himself and the way the government have dealt with the situation. Do you think that, how do you think that has been perceived by the British public? Not about how the media reported it. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm guessing you've all seen the, the, the little statement he did. Have you all seen the state, statement yeah. he did? I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying it's true or not, but it didn't sound very convincing to me. Well, he's a politician, isn't he? It's <laughs> fucking bollocks. I've, I've got a theory, and this is going to sound ridiculous. I think they're playing four-dimensional chess with us. No, no, not microchips. I think they're playing four-dimensional chess with us. Lockdown's over. They've now got a symbol of the lockdown being over and saying, really, it's all right. If you use common sense, you can do these things. Is, is the government that intelligent? I don't know. But he did but, it during the lockdown, didn't he? Didn't do he did, it during did, the, yeah. the over the lockdown. I mean, but, but I'm it's all ta- coming I'm out now, take, isn't it? I'm going to take a different angle on it, and I'm not going to slate Dominic Cummings. I'm not going to slate the Prime Minister, but I'm going to look at the whole thing in a big, from the outside view, and say. I would be more concerned, and I am more concerned, that there is blatant lying going on to the British public, straight, not through the media, straight from the the government to the people about what actually happened, what he did and why he did it and everything else like that, that is almost... Um, uh, a, a a cuff off to the to the question askers to the and I'm not talking about the media I'm just talking about normal people it's almost like you really shouldn't be asking that question it's none of your business he did this we told you not to do it but he did it and that's fine and we're not going to go any further into it it's the connotation behind being lied to know you're bit know you're being lied to but nothing happening about it what do people think about that do you feel like you've been lied to that's just the reality of where we live dave is people that are untouchable he's he's one of those untouchable people he's he's um boris johnson's i don't know his actual proper title but i know he does all of the political theory and how things work and why things work to get votes as he you know so he masterminded um Boris Johnson getting into power and obviously Boris Johnson really supports him and he's got his back and that's yeah, but a sad more, fact yeah. of life more than who he is more than who he is more than why they do it what bothers me is that we know that they are lying almost as part of a fact that there are lies within that statement and the speech and the driving to test his eyesight it's almost, yeah. You know, it's it, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? But that is okay. Rubbing our nose in it. They're rubbing our nose in it. Yes, that's the, that's and, the reality. And, that is the reality. Does any does anybody find that frustrating, or is it is it acceptable to be lied to, and know you're being lied to, and be fine I with that? I don't know. It. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree. Yeah, used to it, though. That's just life. Like, you know, regardless of who's in power, regardless of what party, it's all going to be the same. It's just going to be 
lies, deceit, you know, whether it be from the media, whether it be from the government, it's it's just a cycle. Like it's going to be never ending. That's just how like high end power works. Yeah. And I think that is what is the biggest danger of 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 this. And I think that is why. Um, I mean, that is why people react aggressively to things. I guess is because actually there is no logical way you can combat being lied to. Is there? Because we're all saying we are normal working people and we are saying actually if someone if someone in power lies to us one of our elected officials who are responsible for our views and running the country and blah blah, blah representing the people basically lies to us there's nothing we can do about it within our realms of power you know besides those idiots right. that say well why don't you become a politician and all that bollocks mm. <laughs> you know i mean because well, it's fine. just so, a lot of people so another that, another good example, the same the same vein of what you got there, Dave, is Prince Andrew's little um, yes interview he gave. Yes. I don't sweat. I yes. don't cuddle people. Yeah, you know what I mean. What are you on about? It's almost taking the yeah. piss, laughing at us. Nothing yeah. you can do. I'm part of the royal family, but that's yeah. you know that is the true nature of what's of our society. There's certain people that are untouchable. Well, look at Epstein, and you know. And the other and his ties to the royals, nothing happened there. Just got, just gets buried. They move on, you know. But I think as well, it's very much one of those things where, regardless of really high up what's happening, you know, the lies, deceit, and all like that. End of the day, it's kind of like, you know, we get to live the lives we live at the moment, and it's like, you know, <laughs> all of that is happening. All of that is absolutely crazy. You just know it is, but you just kind of got to get on with you know, with your life basically, and like you know, take the little things in life that you can and enjoy them. I guess that's yeah. okay if your life is fine. Yeah. But if you've got a shit life, <laughs> that, that, we are very lucky, haven't we? Because that's yeah, the difference. Yeah, we're in the first world. We're, we're, well, to, we're talking about yeah, but even if you are, even if you aren't, if you, there are people who are on estates who are in poverty now, who are queuing up at food banks, who have got a shit life, and there are actually very little to take the best out of. Um, and I just <clears> wonder whether if you have no good things to take out of the hand you're being dealt and then someone is telling you a pack of lies and i'm not talking about this in in individual thing but you can see why people become disenfranchised yeah Do you know what I mean? they, you can they don't why... have anyone that actually represents them at all no that's You've got right. some fucking tough socialists talking about how they do represent you when they, mm. when they I have no fucking idea what you go through on a day-to-day basis. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and funnily enough, it. Dominic Cummins is famous for that. He was famous for knowing what the people, real people want, which surprises me because for someone who's been coined for knowing what the real people want and really getting it so wrong <laughs> with this and his story, um, I, I'm surprised but it makes me think the two steps ahead that actually there is a power in lying to someone and then believing you like an abusive relationship. Do you know what I mean? Abusive partners have a power in lying and getting away with it. There is, there's something yeah, in that. Do you know what I mean? Straight yeah. out of the, um, uh, George Orwell 1984 book. You, you yes. rewrite history. You say, you say something enough times it becomes truth. becomes yes. reality. But you know, if there's enough of these things happen, 
that's it. Hyperanalysis. Enough of this stuff sort of happens again and again and again. Mm. This is where revolution happens. Not. Yes. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a socialist or anything. But this is where that's the natural byproduct in all political systems. If you don't get, if your political system doesn't give you any power, you rise up and destroy. It. Mm. And that's. Mm. And what they're going to do? They're going to give loads of people benefits and not enough to, you know, live the dream and go to Barbados on a holiday every week, but. Mm enough to survive just enough enough to have a couple of beers enough to watch sky tv enough to put a bit of petrol in your car you're happy you watch people yeah. on the weekends get pissed up <laughs> yeah opiate for the masses exactly that's that's what it is <clears throat> and, Bread and, and yeah. exactly it's been done for forever and that's and thousands that's a sad thing years. people thousand years people don't even realize what's happening they're content with their lot their lot might be shit but they've got just enough. They can still get pissed up, mm-hmm. drugs, whatever they want to do, bang loads of birds. If that's I, thing. Want, I wonder though, because we are now talking very insularly. So we're talking from our own opinions and our own views and the way we live. We all like living in a normal house with a roof and a, you know, we've got food on a plate and money in a bank or whatever. But now you look at what's going on in the likes of Hong Kong and China and now you're looking at a very, very different picture. You're looking at people who are being lied to and told the very blatant truth and controlled. And do you think we are near an uprising of sorts in those areas? Because, you know, that that is, I mean, there's some serious stuff going on over there, isn't there? Yeah. They rule with an iron fist, don't they, compared to over us. You know, we've got cheeky little yobs down here. You know what I mean? If they're in China, they just get shot in the head. See you later, mate. So they yeah, but, they get ruled by an iron fist rather than we're a bit more, oh, he's all right. He's just expressing himself. <laughs> but what I'm saying, Ad, is is it is it is there a, you know, is this a period where in certain areas there'll be like a political unrest where you could see some sort of, you know, revolution or people uprising or something like that? Because when yeah. you... Choose, try and control people to a, to that like that level history history's written it isn't it there are yeah. there but, are revolutions think of this i i don't know the truth i think don't think we ever will but there was load and load of protest in china mainland and in hong kong just before the coronavirus hit in china mm-hmm. the coronavirus hit that all just went away yeah oh it's come back now they're still, they're still scrapping aren't they where where, where they are, are now Mm. Where are all those geezers now? Where are they? Where where have they gone? Well, they've come back. They are they are protesting now. But what would be interesting is if they had a second wave, Mm. and they all got locked down again. Yeah, you know there were some shocking videos on Facebook. People put on there, and it got you know people shared, and it got deleted. There's people getting dragged off by the police, beaten up. It was just crazy. It was like just wonder. When people get, when does it get to a point where people get fed up to the point where they're going to do something about it with being, you know, controlled and manipulated? And I I just don't know, you know, like you say, even on a normal, like, basis human level, everybody's got a limit, haven't they? They've all got, everybody's got that limit where you're going to, you know, some of the, you know, greatest leaders or the most historic dictators have been people who've risen up to 
overthrow powerful governments and things like that. So it's not like it hasn't happened before. Um, I just wonder if we're at a point now where people are getting really pissed off. And I'm not talking about the Brits because we've not really, we're not really at that stage. We've got a bit of mild unrest which is being dealt with with a stiff upper lip do you know what I mean handbags, <laughs> just... handbags at the moment as opposed handbags to... at dawn yeah it's a yeah. bit like oh it's there yeah. it's a bit on how British you'd you be not social distancing in your <laughs> reporting that matter and it's a bit uh, a bit un-British for the DVLA not to pick you up on driving around without being able to see Mr Cummins you know I that sort of thing that's not unrest right <laughs> yeah I feel oppressed you should resign dear uh, sir resign yeah I think, Whereas, I think information... What's happening in China is, <laughs> yeah. you know... They, 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 quit, they stamp down the information over there, don't they? So they, mm. they, the, people, the general people over there don't know. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, we, think, we probably know more than them, and we don't know a lot. I think, well, I, I think we're starting to lose our... Um, we're losing our rights a lot quicker now than we used to. Like 9-11 was the start of it all. You know, they started to bring in draconian sort of law that was used on a day-to-day basis for used for terrorism. Um, I think now, you know, now you've got private companies policing what people can say online. Mm. So the kind of governments are doing it by proxy. So it doesn't appear to be, uh, you know, yeah, but government It's, it's only online on their platforms, though. It's not online on the internet. It's... Twitter have, have said they'll report people because yeah, they're, they, under pressure, they're under pressure to do it but they're yeah. under pressure from lobby groups like you could like this whole Joe Rogan thing is a perfect example of this like YouTube have been like picked up countless times for for, um, for censoring conservative media now not mm-hmm. even not even like you know right wing media just not leftist leaning media now and they're sick of people that you know you've got people that are making pc build videos getting demonetized because they've said a word and their algorithms mm-hmm. picked it up and fucked it so now people are just looking for another platform mm-hmm. but you know youtube are within their rights to take people off of their platform if they don't yeah there'll always be some the, the thing with the internet is there'll always be someone else that will come along and give you a platform to speak. That's what's great about mm-hmm. it. But we don't, only... we don't actually have free freedom of speech in this country. That's the, like a, this illusion that we've all, you know, Ameri- the all Americans the do, but, Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. We, but we don't have freedom of speech in this country, and we never have. I like to it's say, will it? It's an American thing. Mm. But uh, kind of going back to the initial point, Dave, I think it's actually probably more interesting to look to somewhere like Venezuela at the moment. I mean, with what's happening there, you have somebody who's in power currently who's refusing to... uh, They had a democratic election and someone else got voted in. He's refusing to leave at the moment, and the military, I believe, has sided with him, whereas the other person has been democratically voted in but is not allowed to take power because he's considered some sort of enemy of the state or something by the pe- people who were in power. Then you have loads of people trying to migrate to sort of uh, Colombia and Brazil, for example, uh, you know, trying to seek asylum because they're starving to death, essentially. Yeah. Like that, that is borderline revolution right there. Yeah. So they had yeah. four million people in the last year or something. Something ridiculous like that. 
That's a lot of fucking people. <laughs> that's been going on for years. I remember Venezuela's nightmare because they haven't they got a big oil economy that's now yeah. gone poopsie doody do because of all the dramas going on. So their their baseline economy is just wrecked anyway, and they're starving to death. I think they've, they've come under some as well. They've, the they've, they've got sanctions on them. From, yeah, there's there's some big US sanctions on Venezuela because they're communist, and uh, it's fucked their economy. But they've not they've not played the game basically. You know they could have carried on, but. I think just things have really escalated over the past year or so, and it's just yeah, just blowing up out of proportion. And that is like you know proper, proper revolution territory at the moment. And it's you know the back and forth with you know this guy trying to get back into power, and the army saying no, no mate, not happening. Sure. Did you see um, this was the story was pretty much buried by Corona, but um, they um, those four special um, U.S. special forces troops that they caught. Um, trying to stir up, um, I don't know what they were trying to do, whether it was um, uh, uh, trying to um, do terrorist acts over there or something, but there were four special for- US Special Forces troops and they paraded them on TV. But because the coronavirus was kicking off, this thing got pushed you know, right to the back of the queue, when really that would have been like headline news if this bug wasn't going around. In Venezuela. Sorry, my internet, mm. my internet just completely cut out. <laughs> At least it did you see? Did you see the Americans supposedly going over there doing a coup, Jordan? Yes, and then Donald Trump was saying that it wasn't happening, but there was evidence to say that he knew and endorsed the, uh, the infiltration. Have you guys ever read a book or heard of a book? If you've ever seen the Zeitgeist, you'll have heard of it. But it's called Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And it's by a guy called John Perkins. And um, it's it's fucking scary. Like it's all about basically how they engineer like economic coups, how how the how the United States built their empire. And it's like, you know, it's not an empire like the British Empire was. It's an economic empire and it's how they basically go around economically blackmailing different countries around the world into basically selling them their their country's national resources yeah and, like uh, privatizing really, the water things like that yeah it's, it's a really interesting book he's just done a, a follow-up which i've just bought i haven't read it yet but it's it's hopefully coming from amazon and then it's a couple of days but it's a really good book confessions of an economic hitman and it's like really fucked up there's some seriously weird shit happens in that so what do you think about people getting back to training, changing the subject ever so slightly? What do you think about this? We, we, we See got tomorrow, some mate. new news coming through, and it seems like we're going back to training. I mean, there's some talks about July happening. Um, what do you guys think about that? You, if the gym was open now, would you go back to training? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Lockdown. That's that's the general consensus. My missus Lockdown. might have something Lockdown. to say Lockdown. about it, but I'd my missus have fucking whinge, but I would definitely be up for training. <laughs> Lockdown. Is, is your missus a bit worried about it then, Cronk? Is she is she is she a bit concerned about you going back and mixing with us unwashed? I 
think maybe not now. A couple, a f- a couple, maybe two or three weeks ago she was. But her old man's had an operation in the middle of all this. Yeah. So that's like been... To be honest, if he hadn't, and if I hadn't just had a nipper, I probably, I probably wouldn't have even given a fuck, to be honest. But because I've had a nipper... I've got responsibilities and shit now that I didn't have before. And he looks like and me, doesn't he? Come on. No, he doesn't, actually. He just looks nothing like Bob Hoskins at all. <laughs> or Alan Shearer. Yeah. And I can, was, today I was holding up a potato next to him and he doesn't look like a potato. <laughs> <laughs> he oh, does resemble a root vegetable. <laughs> Come back to training. We'll oh. see Bob Hoskins is then, son. <laughs> Um, yeah, mate. I, I don't know. I probably, I probably wouldn't give a fuck. It, like, I mean, to be honest, it's not like I go. Because my parents gave a fuck. Like, my best mate gave a fuck, and his missus gave a fuck. But, you know, I, I think, I just love doing jujitsu, mate. So if it opened up and I could trust the people, I thought I could trust the people I was training with. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, Jordan. Jordan's left. He's gone. He's gone to Venezuela. That's what the message said. Your internet is going quite slow as well, Cronk. Might be worth turning your video off. Oh, is yeah. it? Yeah, all right. Jittery. So I guess that's the thing, really, isn't it? It's it's people like where we've gone from a position where everybody was worried about catching a virus. Now we're going back to a position where actually the virus is still there, but we just want to train <laughs> so yeah. I think you know if I sat if I said to Lorna right I'm going to go to jiu-jitsu on Thursday mm. she'd probably talk me out of it right but I am um, I don't know I, it's, it comes to a point when you've been at home everyone's been at home and if you know everyone's been at home and no one's got it then there's no reason you can't really train is there I think it's up to gyms, mate, to, to 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 take reasonable steps to make sure that the risks are as limited as possible. And even that is even if we do our own track and trace um, type scenario, if we group people up and if if we have a, you know, obviously a phone for me and Adam, if someone gets some symptoms, then we then we quarantine that group for, you know, yeah as many days and I think that's just a sensible thing to do um I think you know talking about us personally you know we bought we've bought a canvas for the mats so there's no gaps you know less bacteria easier to clean um we've got a um a a temperature sensor so you know we can we can recognize if people have got a high temperature they might not realize it necessarily but we can check them on the way in way out you know uh, we've got some more sanitary provisions so the showers there um just for general cleanliness and hygiene and hand washing and soap on you know on 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 available and and you know alcohol rub and i think you know even feet wash and things like that it's just taking mm. general good precautions you know yeah 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 the, i the i think i mean i mean like if let's just say for, for argument's sake jordan's not gone anywhere for 12 weeks and i've not gone anywhere for 12 weeks and the gym isn't open 
he's got some mats we might want to go and train i don't think there's any reason why neither of us could yeah I'm, cuddle each other yeah. and I, I, think I think this is this is where my i have an issue with offering out rules and then saying people just have to use their common sense because that is common sense but it isn't the rule and yeah. I understand that you do you do have to cater for some wallies, but that that is that is where the confusion has always come from when this reduction of lockdown has happened because there is no change fundamentally, nothing's changed. We still don't have a track and trace app as much as they like to say that there is track and trace. There isn't at the moment; doesn't exist um, until they introduce the app. Um, so it is still the same, but you know that like you said your potential training partner has not been near anyone so it's almost like um you've you've you're you're making your own reasonable judgment on on a on a what i would call you know a a you know a reasonable risk to take to do something you want to do because like we were alluding to earlier we're nearly you know we're nearly halfway through the year um there's a point at which I guess people are going to consider, and I know you hear this from old, you know, from from more mature people, pensioners, saying that they don't want to waste their life stuck inside, mm. virus or no virus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like saying, well, I know there's a flu out there, like the normal flu, but I'm going to stay in. It's not. It's just not logical. You have to live some aspect of the life. None of us are making it out of here alive. Yeah. I think they're, they're opening it up nice and slow, nice and easy for the the base denominator. People being, excuse my French, being thick as fuck. So they're not saying, right, the doors are open. They're doing it slowly but surely. But, you know, if you've actually been outside anywhere to a supermarket, a restaurant, you know, takeaway place, no one's social distancing. The people at work aren't social distancing. So they're in the little bubble of five to ten people. They're all within, you know, touching. I went to a fish shop the other day to get some fish and chips, and there were six people behind the counter working there, all bumping into each other, running around, sweating their tits off. You know what I mean? That that's their daily job. They're they're not social distancing. So you know that that's that's the the how it's all evolving, and people are just going to get back to it. But I think with training, it's going to be small groups then larger groups, and then back to normal before we know it. Uh-huh. But I've got an interesting anecdote I got today. One of my friends, they, they will stay anonymous. I forgot to tell you this day, actually. I was going to tell you this morning. Can, can you, can you uh, say anonymous again, please? No, I can't, <laughs> mate. You know, I've, you know, I've got mild, mild feet. And when we, oh, when we get back training, you're so fucked, mate. Oh, shit. He's <laughs> He's so there was, uh, there was 40 people tested. This is a BJJ gym. They all managed to get a test. Every single one. One person training there um felt really ill after training this is right near the beginning um went out got te- you know got 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 covid got tested confirmed they then tested everyone else recently f- with the antigen test no one had it so while she had covid she's rolling everyone no one caught it so um again this is this is a third third party source but you know it still hasn't been confirmed how infectious it really actually is um and this will all come out of the wash six months ten months time you know what i mean 
Well, interestingly enough, I caught something from an uh, an Oxford um, rep who was doing something with the um, the vaccine, and he was saying there is a real chance of the virus disappearing before a vaccine is found. <coughs> yeah, mm. can imagine that. Which is strange. I mean, can a virus burn itself out? I don't know. Is that something that's possible? It's possible if it's high mortality, if it kills the host before it, you know, too rapidly before it can jump effectively to the next. I guess um, but, or there's decent immunity from having it and past, you know, getting shot of it. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who are just asymptomatic. You know, this thing's not this thing's not a colossal threat. It just, um, you know, if, if if you can go into a gym and, you know, and roll around on the floor for a couple of hours. Being asymptomatic, you know, chances are a lot of the people there aren't going to get, you know, are going to be the same. Maybe one will come down with a mild flu. You know, we're all to relatively be, fit people, aren't we? To be honest, we've probably been exposed to a lot worse than this in the past. It, you know, it sounds minging, but, you know, ringworm, all sorts of horrible shit people have probably had on their bodies and not spread it for whatever reason. Or you've unlucky you caught it, you know, flu, fungal <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? I've rolled against mm. some people before in other gyms and I've been like, what the fuck is that? And it's some <laughs> weird growth they've got off, off something. They've caught off someone. And it's, you know, you can't control. The good thing about this is going to make people think a lot about hygiene a lot more. But you can't control. Some people are stinkers. Their mums and dads didn't teach them when they're kids. Yeah. Wash your ball bags when you, you know, when you have a shower. Wash yourself. Wash your armpits. Have a shower every day. Some people I know don't even shower every day. And then they come rolling. And you're like, mate, uh, what the fuck? Not our gym, luckily, but there's people that do that. And that's how the legs haven't been educated. Now, the good thing about this, it will it will sharpen everyone's minds. Like I've said before, if your if your training partner who you get picked with is a stinker, you're gonna say, Fuck off, mate. You're not rolling <laughs> with me. Yeah. And there's gonna be no social like, oh, I've got to be polite. You're just gonna tell it now, as it is. Yeah. I think there's a stereotype about Brazilians and showering like two or three times a day. Yeah. Just complete random. <laughs> so so they, they, they training, do shower. If you're training, you sh- you fucking shower. Yeah. Or you get, you, or you get some fucking horrible skin condition. Like it's not yeah. even. Plus, who likes fucking sitting around in their own sweat? <laughs> Stinking. <laughs> like, some people oh. just, they don't. They don't have it in them to, you know, to sort of, they actually sit, you sit there and you can smell your own sweat. That bugs me. Well, it might not yeah. bug the guy next door to me whose who's armpits are hanging. It's just really odd. It's like they're mentally shut off to that sort of thing. I tell yeah, but... people now all the time. I just say, I make, I make it into a joke, but it's not funny. It's funny for me, but not for them. But you, you stinkers aren't allowed. Because I'm really hairy. <laughs> I, I shower every day multiple times if i can if, you know, if i'm if i'm parachuted into a jungle i can't but generally day to day i shower as much as i can because because i'm hairy you you maintain a lot of stink and i pride myself on smelling sweet so when you roll with me it's a pleasure is it far from, from near biting yeah i think it's, like it's, the, it's the people <laughs> who don't don't wash their geese is the is the uh yeah. is the yeah. nasty one yeah Things that don't dry properly. Breaking news. 
breaking news, John Jones has just asked to be released from the UFC. Good. Because Good. of uh, failed negotiations and not enough money for the uh, Nganu fight. What, what, just what do you guys think about that? He's this kid's about to get cunt. popped for steroids again. That's yeah. right. That's probably right, yeah. 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 He's, He's been the most pampered UFC fighter I find. Like, not just financially, yeah. but for the... I mean, to be honest, not financially. I don't think his paydays are as, you know, as insane as McGregor's, etc. But it's more the, the drug testing, you know, how they moved the last fight he was in to make sure that he could avoid the yeah. pick round. And just his arrogance and the way he carries himself after these sort of uh, getting caught and stuff. And, you know, it's the, the famous picogram talk he gave. It's just so patronizing. It's like, mate, we know you're dosing. They're, they're all, yeah. They've all got this fucking condition where they think that they're worth as much money as Conor McGregor is to the UFC. And they're not fucking worth anywhere near that amount of money. The general public don't give a flying fuck who is fighting in the UFC until Conor McGregor starts fighting. Yeah. And then, and then it's all over Joe.com because he's a sponsor, and he's all over Facebook, and he's all over Twitter, and he's all over YouTube. He made, he fucking managed to talk his way into fighting Floyd Mayweather for fuck's sake. Like, he is worth he so much. Talk the talk though. He's worth so much money to that company, and it doesn't matter how good John Jones is, and he's fucking amazing. He's not worth as much money as Conor McGregor is. And this is the problem. Like, he is an absolutely amazing fighter, you know, such an amazing career, but it will always be marred by the controversy. Yeah. That, that, that's, like, the thing. He would be the GOAT if there wasn't sort of loads yeah. of controversy in it. When, when David Beckham was playing football, the best player on the planet was Zidane, right? And he was sponsored by Adidas. And he won the World Cup, and he won the Champions League, and he was the best player in the world. But David Beckham was the captain of England and he was married to a fucking Spice Girl, and everyone loved him. And he was the poster boy for Adidas. And it didn't matter how... He wasn't Zidane, but he made them the most money, so they put him on the fucking front cover of everything. John yeah, Jones... so more, so more a, shit. Yeah, John Jones has fucking <laughs> crashed his car into a pregnant woman. He's been popped for steroids. He's been popped for fucking dick pills. <laughs> You know, he's never going to make that sort of money. So if he wants to make that sort of money, he's got to make Scott Coker pay it to him because Dana White's not going to fucking pay him that much. You know those dick pills that John Jones took? Yeah. When when uh, you and Jordan come back rolling and I roll with you, I'm going to take those dick pills. <laughs> so you'll have a normal... I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, it, keeps, it keeps you up longer, doesn't it? A cocktail sausage. Do they? I don't know, mate. I've never done them. Yeah, well, we'll do them together when you come back. <laughs> I'll be up Let's just make a night. Let's just let's just get uh, lit up on uh, a red top. John Jones dick pills. We'll be so erect. We'll be. You know, we won't even know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> You can keep your two-inch distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, two and a half, what a good night. Two and a half inch distance. You can watch yeah. at least have it measured. Start spaffing yeah. everywhere while we give oh. each other coronavirus. Oh. Yeah, it'd be amazing. And being this hard. It's just such, such a laugh, mate. Have such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> then someone you would come. What's this? <laughs> oh, you haven't been to a hard party before? Yeah. <laughs> You've We've swine. got John Jones dick pills. <laughs> we'll train the UFC, aren't we? Yeah. We're training UFC, aren't we? <laughs> on the on the goat talk, who 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 you got for your goat? Who you got? Let's go round. Goat, 
George. MMA oh. goat. MMA goat. Oh, that is so tough. Like, especially off the cuff. I mean, to be fair, I think it's actually... Put your argument forward, George. Put your argument forward. I, 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 I give you give you the opportunity to justify your answers. I feel like, right, it's easier to class in the women's division. If you go for Amanda Nunes, straight away, she has two two division champ, convincing, very convincing. Dethroned Ronda, who is the pioneer of women's MMA. Beat Cyborg, the man. Beat absolutely everybody. Like, there's nobody close. I mean, Shevchenko, I think, arguably, you could say it was a very, very close fight. But, you know, she's won twice now. Yeah. Um, but I think the only person who really beat her badly was Zingano. But Zingano herself was, like, you know, again, very, very high up there. But men's divisions, it's difficult. I mean, DJ, don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic fighter. And, you know, he treats it like a video game, etc. But... Uh, I don't know. He's too small for it to be as entertaining, if that makes sense. Like, you know, yeah. it's crazy high cardio, crazy fast fights. But, you know, the the strength and power and stuff, you're looking more to the sort of middle heavyweight divisions, in which case you have to go with someone like Silver. I mean, uh, so it's too difficult to answer in a succinct way. I apologize. Do you think Silver, Silver has tainted his GOAT status with his... Um, I took fucking... Uh, you know, penis pills. Do you think that? Do you think that tainted his? Mate, um... you'll be taking them soon, son. Not with he's you, a, mate. He's only was he's only won <laughs> one of his last eight <laughs> fights as well, or something, isn't he? So, but you think yeah. also he he didn't on his way up, and when he won them, I mean, there's no doubt he was like fucking Neo, wasn't he? But he didn't fight the caliber of fighters that John Jones fought no. on his like. So probably John Jones, if he could get out of his own fucking way, would would be a, a shoe in for the greatest of all time. Or the greatest of his era. But I think for me, George St. Pierre is the best. Ooh. Yes, yeah. lad. Can I take that? <laughs> because because of his professionalism, number one. Um he fought everyone in his weight division and fuck beat everyone. And he lost. And he he still maintains that the aura, right, of being GSP. He lost and then the two fights he lost, he went back and um avenged those losses. He didn't make a fucking meal out of it. You know, they didn't write him off just because he'd lost a couple of fights. He just got on with it, got his head down won the fights he needed to to get his rematches, got on with it and beat those people. And I don't think that happens anymore. I think if you lose, you're lucky to get a rematch because no one wants to give you a rematch. But I think I think George St. Pierre earned everything he got out of the UFC and out of MMA. Kerry, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm with Kronk. GSP. I'm a big fan of GSP. I love his mindset. Um, outside of that, I'm going to say Fadal as well. Fadal's... Oh, for fuck's sake, mate. Talk about <laughs> nicking my... You always nick my questions, <laughs> then you nick my fucking MMA fighters. Hey, oh, you're so it. dead to me, mate. Fuck's sake. When I see you, T-Dog, you are dead. <laughs> what, what do you say about Fadal? Make sure you take your dick pills, you fucking range bag. I'm taking two of them. Why do you say Fadal? Because Fadal had a very rough finish to his career, I would say. He yeah. stayed too long. He should have got out sooner. Um, I've, I've, I don't know. I like his um, 
he doesn't celebrate after he's completely starts someone. Um, I like the fact he just walks to his corner and there's no he's emotionless. He's kind of like that. He's just the Russian killer you want him to be. Um, and um, his brother's fucking terrifying as well. Um, yeah, he's a fucking scary man. Yeah, convicted rapist, fucking hepatitis? mentalist. <laughs> his brother was huh? in the Nick for ages, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah didn't he? Didn't he have hepatitis and he was still fighting mm. with hepatitis and shit? Or was that yeah. just a really... yeah? Fuck. Yeah, yeah. but G- at least GSP. I've been, I've been reading GSP's book, and um, he, um, yeah, it just he's he's his mindset. Just he is the martial artist, I reckon, of our generation at least. Adam? Well, I was going to say Fedor, but um, <laughs> I, I used to like, um, when I was a little kid, I watched, not a little kid, younger man, Smashing Machine with Mark Kerr. Oh, yeah. He was, he was, he was quite dominant back in the day. And he invented the, um, oh, where the yeah. rules. <laughs> yeah. Dick pill. Yeah, proper dick pills. <laughs> but he, he used to shove his chin in people's eyes, didn't he? And burst people's eyes and make them tap. Until they changed the rules, because it wasn't yeah. severely in the rules. So he used to bang his chin in people's eyes. Like, oh, was he a crab guy? No, he's a big wrestler. <laughs> no, that's Kerry's the crab guy. Oh, the crab guy. Yeah. Watch out for yeah, my chin, no, boys. Those those early days where it was like style against style, quite different to watch than it is now. Mm. All, you know, the, the pure wrestlers going in, bit of jiu-jitsu, picking people up, throwing them on the floor, and whacking them in the head. Those were the days. Who? What about you, Dave? Who's your favourite? Coat. Oh, I've got um, I've got I've, I mean my goat is is a complicated one really. Um, I would say I am definitely leaning towards Kronk with the GSP standing. I think there's a lot of things that go into being a goat, and it's not just who you fought but it's the length of reign you've had at the top and the ability to win you know titles in two different weight classes or or multiple weight classes and even though you might say all right well he came back and he fought Bisping and it wasn't the best Bisping and you know he still did it he still was a welterweight that won the middleweight title and I definitely think the way he handled himself and I would also say that I think I can I'd like to think he was as clean a fighter as there was he he certainly campaigned a lot for testing and things like that so I think the fact that he he's proven his is is cleanliness but again I think it's a really close call with Demetrius Johnson because if you recognize how dominant Demetrius Johnson was in his UFC time, maybe not before his UFC time, definitely not in his um, strike force days, but when he got into the UFC, he was incredibly dominant champion. Um, The only thing that lets Demetrius Johnson down is he didn't fight in any other weight category but his own. And I think I have the same criticism for John Jones. I think that the, the key to greatness is capturing multiple titles in multiple different weight divisions and 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 managing to keep hold of them um and i know we, we say conor mcgregor's done that i don't think conor mcgregor's in a goat conversation yeah. because but, of the losses that he's had um he but, could potentially be if he actually defended his title so 
Yeah. He could be, yeah. yeah. I, do you know what? You know, there, there's a couple of different goats for me, and 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 there's a there's a goat in sheer ex, you know, like pleasure to watch. Um, and I definitely think he is he is definitely up there. I I really really do rate him. I know a lot of people hate on him. I I think he's an exceptional martial artist. But my my goat of all time, and it really was at the end of his career that he. I, I'll be honest, I, I had a bit of a fucking, um, like, a, 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 what do you call it? Like, when you have a little, like, a little bromance, not bromance, but, like, you know what I mean? I, like, fell in love with him as a fighter. I was never, like, a massive fan of him until the end was Michael Bisping. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, being, with one eye as well. Unsung what, hero what? of UFC. Michael Bisping. What a fucking gangster. <laughs> fight with Anderson Silva was... A movie. It was yeah. you were watching a movie. It that, that that's the only way I can describe it. It was a comeback of all comebacks against who was considered at the time the greatest of all time because Anderson Silva yeah. was hugely dominant as well. Picked people off with ease, almost Matrix style skill, and you've got this gritty British guy. You know, now we know virtually fought with one eye for the majority of the latter of his career. Definitely Anderson Silva, he didn't have full vision in that eye. We know that for a fact, because he'd already been eye-poked by then, um, by uh, Alan Belcher, to pretty much destroyed. Um, and I just think that fight alone was epic. And then then to knock out Rockhold, Rockhold the way he did and then yeah. defend his title defend <laughs> his title against Henderson who had given him the highlight embarrassment of his career and and beat him on points you I wouldn't say convincingly <clears throat> it, it, you know oh, it was unanimous but it was it was a it was a win um I just I just think for me he's one of the greatest fighters that's I would say that that's ever stepped into the cage yeah. I I I, I I honestly put him up there, you know, with, you know, the Fedors and, and, and all that sort of thing for, you know, just an amazing career. Do you know what I mean? You you can't. He's in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? He's got, yeah, he's in the yeah. Hall of Fame, but it's even more than that. I think people have just underestimated the achievement. And I remember going to cage rages and him being on the cage rages and being backstage with Mark Chen, whoever else I was, and and Bisping was there, and <clears throat> just a random normal guy, funny guy, you know what I mean, bit of a joker and that, and but to sacrifice what he sacrificed to get where he's got and to do what he's done yeah. is he he will go down as a fucking legend because we will we we will have more British champions, we'll we'll have. British organisations that merge with the UFC at some point and more people will come in and we, we will have more British champions at different weights but he'll always be the first and he'll always be fucking Michael Bisping you know that that tough footage is still going to be there all the shit he talks <laughs> on Fox or ESPN or whatever it is now he, he's and if you haven't uh, read his book I highly recommend that some of the shit that he got up to when he was a nipper was hilarious that he's he's a he is a fighter. Yeah. All right. How many more fights, or who does Khabib have to beat to be 
entered in for contention? Oh, that is a really good question. Like, do you, you think, I, I, as far I, I, as dominance, as far as his career, etc., yeah. you know, unbeaten, nearly 30 fights now, uh, every fight, in my opinion, has been very convincing. You know, people just say he sort of lays down a hole and down, but he's so fucking technical. Do you know why he's been left out of the GOAT? And I think this is a... I, I, I'll be honest, I'm, I don't know... But this is what I think. I think it is because he's deemed so one-dimensional. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I think that's it. And I'm sure he isn't. <clears throat> Anyone at that level, at elite level, can can box, can do jiu-jitsu. You know, he's a sambo expert, you know. But his winning style, and, and as much as it is, you know, it, it is very, very one-dimensional. He just does the same thing. And and GSP was criticised for yeah. almost the same thing. Yeah. Um, I think you're not going to realise Khabib's greatness until Khabib retires, fundamentally. Yeah. Do, um, do you think he has to go up to I think 170? He's got to win it in a, I think he's got to win it in another weight category to cement yeah. greatness. I think if, that is... If he wins the 170 championship against some of the killers that are in, in the top four of the 170 championship now, mm. he has to be considered as the best. And I certainly what? of his era. I just think he could he could do really really well in 170. He's a big 155. Um, the only thing that lets him down is he pulls out of a lot of fights. Yeah. With injuries, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's a pussy. Certainly not that. But he pull, he gets injured a lot, and he get, he comes out of fights, and I think that's the one thing that also lets him down. Um, he does, he doesn't have that constant, um, you know, the the constant winning track of continual busyness that a lot of the people in the goats have had. Do you know what I mean? Those are people in those conversations, but also. Do you ever get excited about watching fight? No. I do. No. I do. Yeah, no, to be fair, I do. I, I was well up for him and Dustin. I don't, I don't, I get, I get, I'll be honest, I get excited for watching people who might beat him. Because yeah, Tony, Tony and, and Khabib, I was get, looking forward to that. Yeah, and I just don't think Tony would have beat him. And I don't think Gagey's got a hope in hell of beating him. Nah. I'll be honest, um, Khabib's, Khabib's um, equation for beating people is is way too um, advanced for someone to slug their way through. And I'm not saying that Justin Gagey is a slugger because he's obviously a very skilled fighter. But in relation to Khabib, although saying that Khabib has been rocked a couple of times, you know, by very good strikers. And, I think there's always that chance that Gagey connects, but I just don't think Khabib would let that happen. I don't think for a minute he's going to stand there and take it. But in answer to your question, George, I think he's got to move up. I, f- I think he's got to move up and and take on Woodley. Or... Are, you in, are you interested in seeing a non-coke addict Conor McGregor fighting him again? <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm interested in seeing. Um, and I think, again, that is why Conor McGregor doesn't enter the GOAT conversation, because you don't know which one you're going to get. Mm. And even yeah. when he is a coke addict and, hot, and on off his tits on proper 12, he's still the only one to have won a round off of Khabib. <laughs> yeah. In, in it's 30 fights. Madness, isn't it? So I think 
and I'm going to get hated on by a lot of my friends now because a lot of my friends hate Conor McGregor. But I think if you look at it, you know, very subjectively, you've got to appreciate the type of martial artist he is. Yeah. I think he's a very special athlete. Um, and, you know, he's he's done, you know, some very impressive things in the sport. Jose Aldo he was in that GOAT conversation when he got beat. Ten yeah. years undefeated. Ten years undefeated. Got sparked. Bang. That was it. 14 seconds. Not Shit. really won, won, won many fights since. You know what I mean? Very, you know, very up and down after that. Um, it, it, it's, it's an interesting picture, really. But f- my favourite fighter of all time will always remain as Eves Edwards. Eves oh, Edwards. Nice. Yeah. It's my favourite fighter. And the, and the winning... Str- the, it is criminal that when that guy had the super winning streak that he had in the UFC, he was smashing people like crazy. There was no lightweight title to win. It didn't exist. So he couldn't have it. He's the, he's the most underrated, uncrowned fighter in the UFC, bar none. Just a couple with the fact that they even brought him back after the Ultimate Fighter, um, and and he, you know, he he represented himself really well, and he was not a youngster anymore. Um, If you watch his, if anyone who's not familiar with him or hasn't seen him, uh, he's probably the most exciting southpaw you're going to clap your eyes on, and you know, skillful, amazing fighter to watch. Um, so yeah, that would be my my all time greats, really. Yeah, we've also forgotten Artem Lobov as well. Lobov, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. one of my favourite memes. Just pictures of him plastered up literally everywhere. <laughs> the Russian hammer, responsible for the coach incident, sort of. Totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the greatest things in MMA to happen was someone to throw a... I mean, dolly. I'm not being funny. Well, whatever you call it, a, ba- a sack barrel or dolly or whatever. They are freaking heavy. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's used one of them. But to launch one at the height of a coach window yeah. is is impressive. You know, so... But, I just love the way they used that for all of the promotion <laughs> stuff against for him and Khabib. It was literally that dolly clip. I must have seen it about 25 times while they were waiting for the fights to happen. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. bad. But yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, yeah. Can I have an honourable mention for Ramon Deckers as well? We can't oh. let him say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's a tar boxer, isn't he? I, I don't, did, he fought, did Ramon Deckers ever fight? MMA, I don't think he did, did he? No, no, he didn't get. No, he didn't but get yeah, there. yeah, uh, yeah, crazy fight. Uh, Raman Decker's a lot. A lot of people um, won't know who he is, but he's like a legend in the game. But there's, there's, there's quite a few people you could, you could put up there. Some very dominant champions, TJ yeah. Dillashaw, and, and it will change as well as, as we get. Dominic Cruz, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you time probably, so like, Jose Aldo's got to be in that. I mean, for a long, long time during the Anderson era, Jose Aldo was killing people yeah. left, right, and centre over and over again. You know, um, you, you can also only beat the competition of your era, can't you? Mm. So yeah, it's like 
I know I don't know if you boys watch Formula One, but Ayrton Senna is often touted as the best ever. He was the best of his era, but Schumacher has won seven world championships, and of the current era, Lewis Hamilton has won six. But back in the sixties, Jim Clark was winning, you know, shitloads of races, and he was the best ever. So it changes depending on who you're up against. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Formula One's changed a lot because the cars have changed, and you have to be in the best car to win. But era does have a massive part. Yeah. In it. Anderson Silva made a lot of middleweights look like utter twats. Like Forrest Griffin. Yeah, but like. Anderson Silva cannot make the current middleweights look like twats. I don't care if you put a 22-year-old Anderson Silva in there. He's not going to make Israel Adesanya look like a mug because he's had Anderson Silva to learn from. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. It's kind of like the way Adam talks about uh, old jiu-jitsu versus current jiu-jitsu. Like, you know, some of the blue-purple belts now would have been kind of black belt level 10 years ago. Yeah, th- certainly think... some of the fucking nippers that are at the Euros, from what I was watching yeah. on the internet, are ridiculous. I think, interestingly, I, if you talk about calibre of opponents and you just look at a go on calibre of opponents, you've got to talk about John Jones, Khabib, and um, Henry Cejudo. That, those are the... For, for, for calibre of people they have fought... You cannot deny that John Jonas fought the best era of yeah. light heavyweights ever to have lived. You you could look at Anderson Silva and say, well, Anderson Silva did have a few dogs in that camp over the time. Conor McGregor, you know, you got to wonder how relevant Chad Mendes was in that picture. And, you know, I'm not saying he was, but he hadn't trained for the fight. He wasn't really, you know, at... I know he was top 10, wasn't he? But, you know... He wasn't uh, fit, was he? No, he wasn't fit. But you you, you can't really... You, you know, Henry Cejudo beat Demetrius Johnson. That's right, didn't he? He did. Yeah. But, you know, that that is in itself a huge... You know, he, the, the um, bantamweight that beats, you know, the best bantamweight to have ever lived has got to be... Up there, and that was a rematch as well. Like goes back to what you said yes. about the character of people going back and avenging their losses. Like he's had a great career, like Cejudo. But again, like I know it's maybe a bit like strange of me to say, but I think the size thing does play into it as well. Like just from kind of a normie perspective, you think like you know if you see someone like DJ on the street, like you know you wouldn't be massively intimidated by him. But say if you saw someone like a middleweight or John Jones on the street, you probably would be because they're just big, big people. Like, you know, you think who's the strongest fighter? You think who's the biggest, baddest motherfucker? And who's who would you be genuinely terrified of? Well, also, the other thing on that as well is you think that all the people that are underneath them in weight, they would be. You know, you could comfortably think that John Jones could probably challenge any of the heavyweights and beat up most of the middleweights, welterweights and kill the lightweights and the do you know what I mean it, it I think that's the thing people look at it and think well actually who could who could Henry Henry Sergio beat he, well he couldn't beat John Jones he couldn't beat the heavier guys but it you know as just I'm talking like basic human thought process 
when you're thinking about the baddest man on the planet, the greatest of all times, are probably going to be heavier guys. Middleweight, um, at least. Yes. Uh, and I think that's, for me, why George St. Pierre still stays there, because he's proven he can fight at middleweight and win at middleweight against, for me, probably one of the greatest fighters to have, you know, certainly one of the most determined fighters to ever have stepped in the cage. I don't think you could ever say that Mike Bisping would have ever wanted to lose or would have been willing to lose or accepted a loss in any of his fights. He's mentally, you know, one of the strongest people probably to do it. So I definitely think opponents have a big... um, Opponents, era... And size have big, big factors to play. Yeah. In I was going to say BJ Penn, but it's interesting to say that because he's he was quite a small guy when he was. And he dominant. lost a lot of fights. And he, he lost a lot of fights. Yeah, beaten up by civilians at the moment. Yeah, but, yeah. But still, so, he transcended lots of weight classes. Yeah, featherweight, he lightweight, well, bigger, bigger than he. He fought. He fought Lyoto Machida at light heavyweight yeah. as a lightweight. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I just think that people that transcend the weight classes are automatically in that conversation. If you've held a title when you transcend a weight class, it makes you special. And I think the biggest mistake that Connor has done is not defending it. And I think if he did, like Kronk was saying, if he'd have defended it, you know, it's that old adage, you know, you can win the title, but it's holding on to it that is a difficult thing, you know. So then, equally, I don't think he had any interest in being the greatest of all time. He just wanted to make the most money, which is fair enough, equally, because it, it is prize fighting at the end of the day, isn't it? So, yeah. That is the aim, isn't it? You, yeah. you know, you've got, to, you've got to give it to him. That's what he set out to do, and that's what he's done by a country mile, made the most out of all of them. You know, um, and like you say, Conk talked his way into a fight with Floyd Mayweather. He's transcended the sport, hasn't he? Essentially, Um, the only person to do that before is James Tony. We all know what happened there (laughs) with uh, with Randy Couture. But you know, it's an interesting conversation. I think you could have mentioned loads of different people in, um, but there's only a few to be taken seriously. And there'll always be that anomaly. And I think quite rightly so, Jordan said, the anomaly will always be Khabib. And, you know, he probably legitimately should be the first person on our lips to say who's the most dominant champion, greatest of all time. Should be him, but I just don't think it will be until he's retired. Or until he's had the super fight with GSP. Or until he's yeah again I think people will criticise him and say well GSP's had his day I think he's got a fight someone relatively and I, I mean the I the reason I say Tyrone Woodley is because Tyrone Woodley's an amazing wrestler I'm not saying he's on the same level as Khabib but they have a similar um, strategy oh, you could arguably say that Tyrone Woodley is a infinitely harder puncher and better and more accurate striker, which is actually Khabib's Achilles heel, which is why that makes me quite interested in that fight, because I think Tyron's got a, a you know, when Tyron Woodley is on, I also think he's one of the greatest fighters yeah. 
um, of all time. He is a vicious, most dangerous striker. And as you see from um, Darren Till fight, who's also a <laughs> took, him apart. took him apart and subbed yeah. him with absolute skill. Um, so and I think Till's him and not a pushover either. Till's a, no, Till's Till's a Till's, savage. Till's, yeah, he's a killer. Yeah, Tyron looked really, really off, though, on the Usman fight, though. There was something strange about his performance. I don't know, he just didn't see him in it. And Usman is one of those other fighters that's a massive... He goes under the radar because... Yeah, they'll never fight each other because they've got the same manager, haven't they? Yeah, but people don't realise how good that Usman is. I mean, I'll be honest, when I was hearing about the Usman-Connor uh, chit-chat... That would have been the worst matchup for Connor yeah. on the planet. Kill, he knows would that. Kill Connor McGregor. Um, I'm sad to say that that is just a. I just there's no. I, I just don't see it going any other way. To be honest, he's one of the most underrated fighters that is active at the moment. He's an absolute killer, that guy. Um, another one of my most favourite, most exciting fighters of all time that I've followed for years and years is Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, I'd like to see him fight Khabib because yes, he um he can fuck like the way he pulled Nate Diaz apart was amazing. I've never like he hit him so fucking hard; it was ridiculous. And he is a special talent. Yeah. He's a special talent, and he's coming to his prime now. These next, this next year or two years is Jorge Masvidal's time to yeah. get himself a title for sure. But, yeah. but as well, he's had so many fights, and to be coming into your prime with that much experience as well. I mean, it it goes back to the debate sort of about you know when your fight prime actually is, which you know you're thinking it's the balance of you know, your competency as far as, you know, the physical side of things, but as well your experience and, you know, knowing when to do the right things based on your experience. And it's just like, you know, when when his body starts letting him down, will his experience be able to make up for that? And I feel like, yes, the answer is yes. Like, you look at the combinations he was throwing, Nate was not expecting combos like that. You know, he's expecting one or two punches and then he was getting three or four. Like, you know, there were a couple of times Nate looked at him just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's a shame it's, with the BMF belt. Um, I don't know. They stopped it because Nate's scar tissue is constantly letting him down. Yeah, but he was getting the he would have won anyway. out of him. He was that was a that was a one sided fight. And and you look at uh, Jorge against Darren Till again. That, that was a, you know that was a savage fight from Jorge. Yeah. Really oh, I, technical. I think Till gave it some good. He gave it beans though. That, that 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 you know that punch slipping over he's the a, top. He's a great fighter, but mm. at the time, Till was almost you know freaking indestructible, wasn't he? Mm. Um, that was that was a, that was what was going around with him, and and I think Jorge Masvidal was just matured at the right time. I'd like to see him fight Khabib. I'd like to yeah. see him fight Gagey because I think that would be a killer fight. Yeah. That'd be a war. What has he had? Like, well, nearly, nearly 50 fights now, hasn't he? Oh, he's had fucking... Yeah. And that will be only the fights that are recorded. He would have had loads of fights. Back back in the day, your fights didn't go on Sherdog. A lot of your fights didn't go on Sherdog. <laughs> yeah. It was up to the promoter to send them up. So, it, you know, he would have had he would have had 70, 80 plus fights easily. He's uh, a backup baller, isn't he? With uh, yeah. Kimbo Slice. Yeah, Kimbo Slice, I remember basically. me and Jordan used to watch him when we were like 14, 15, before, before we could, we knew even what 
what mixed martial arts was. We used to watch Kimbo Slice and Jorge Masvidal fight in fucking back gardens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kimbo was the baddest motherfucker alive. Uh, yeah, as far as we was concerned, Kimbo Slice was the shit. <laughs> yeah. He was quite we didn't good, know though, who Fader he was. was. He, he was, we didn't know who yeah. was. He was most improved, mate. He was most improved. Oh, yeah. so. So humble as well, like watching him yeah. on t- tough, like his sort of approach to everything, like just taking everything on board. And like, you know, yeah. it was amazing to watch him on that show, just be like a student. I think people yeah. loved Everyone him. Everyone wanted mate. to kill I him as well, didn't was, they? But I think, I don't think they did when they knew him. And I think it, it was yeah. a testament to his character. And I don't think anybody thought he was a family man. I don't think anyone thought he was a nice guy. And I think... Mm-hmm. He just literally turned around people's opinions of himself, and uh, you know, yeah. pretty pretty impressive. There's been loads of stories. Uh, I'm I'm surprised MMA hasn't got more documentaries about the greats and about people because there is, and I know there are a few. There's the notorious, the GSP one's pretty good. There's a there's a few out there, but of all the great fighters there are, and great stories out there, and the scandals. Um, you know, like, um, remember when, uh, anybody remember when Thiago Silva got his gun and went down Pablo Popovich's house to fucking try and kill him because he was banging his <laughs> missus? That geezer was mad. You know, all, all the, 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 the beef between Gracie Baja and, um, um, and, um, uh, uh, what's his name? The Brazilian Jiu Jitsu nutter, Ralph Gracie, um, you know what I mean? There's there's so yeah. many like famous stories, beefs, fights. You know, gold. The, uh, anyone see the Tap Out documentary? Because that was like being touted right. and, um, about you know um, the mask that he got killed in a Porsche accident or a car accident or whatever, and they were going to do a big documentary about him because they were like their clothesline was like transcended MMA and it was. <laughs> And, until he got to Sports Direct. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I love the uh, was it early 2000s thing where if someone had a tap-out shirt, you just assumed they were tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bro, but, can't you see I'm wearing a tap-out shirt? I know where to fight, man. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, I think um, interesting. I, I would like to see a few more documentaries. I'd like to see a few more MMA documentaries. You know? Yeah. I would. Well, I said What's um, is there nothing on Fight Pass? There's loads. Yeah. But there's not. Um, they're all only you know like the UFC. UFC centric. Yeah. What yeah, What's so. the um? Is is there not, is there not the Ultimate Fight anymore? Is there something called the Contender? I've not been. I haven't got Fight Pass. Is that what it's called well, now? Tough's coming is back. Tough is, is it? coming back. Yeah. What yeah, do they have now? Yeah. The Contender. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That, that's series. That, I think that was running alongside Tough for a little bit, though, wasn't it? It was a YouTube series, if I remember correctly. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Nick the Tooth, Matt Sarah, yeah. and Dana, yeah. Oh, no, that was looking for a fight. That was something different. Oh, was it? Oh, okay, fair. Yeah, what about the Red Belt documentary? Has anyone heard anything going on about that? Is that still coming <laughs> out? Apparently, That's... he has a lot of footage. That's That's... That's it. Design, it? Yeah. It's the most controversial thing ever, isn't it? Yeah. Fun, yeah. Funnily enough, it's hard to find a bunch of fucking Brazilians 
in you know Brazil that were the first cunts to train and got red belts and they've all spread out around. I think he thought it was going to be a bit easier than uh than it's turned out to be. But yeah, everyone fucking hates him, don't they? Yeah. yeah. How'd you say his name? Hillel. Hillel. He's been around for donkey's years, mate. Yeah. What does he own? Does he he owns something or does he work? He works for Flow Flow now, doesn't he? He doesn't yeah. own it. He just works for him. No, he just works. Flow are fucking massive, mate. Like they, all the like niche sports that you can think of, they. Yeah, Flow, flow Wrestling, isn't it? Yeah, you got Flow Wrestling. You got fucking Flow Horse Racing. Flow. Flow Grappling. Yeah, yeah Flow Grappling. Flow fucking. But they charge him models. They do shit, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, and the website's dog shit. The whole platform yeah. is fucking dog shit. Awful. But they, you know, if you want to watch jiu-jitsu, that's, your, that's it, isn't it? You, can it, can you get flow grappling? Do you get flow wrestling as well? Is that yeah, extra? yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you have to pay extra, don't you? When? Flow wrestling? I think you pay for the subscription you want. So if you want flow indie lights for the IndyCar light series, you pay for Flow yeah. IndyCar lights. And then if you want fucking wrestling as well, you pay for that. It's Extra. not like a... So know. we're after waiting until we've got 500 members at the gym and then, then I can do this business expense. We can get Flow wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I can watch it. I got, mate, I got drunk um, a couple of years ago. I can't remember what was on at the time. I think it was you were fighting in the Euros. So I bought the Euros. Yeah. And I bought... A, the At the time, you could buy a free trial so I bought a free trial and then it renewed on a year's membership oh, and I was shit. like oh fuck it well I'll just pay for the year then and I'll watch the world and whatever so yeah. I watched it all and then I forgot that it renewed so this year it renewed for the for the ah. year so oh, there's, no, there's, there's been nothing this year mate yeah <laughs> like, since fucking February there's been yeah. no, no competition so they've got to extend that they? yeah they've got they, they won't but they should be it's like the Albert Jeff cards are all extended, aren't they? Because oh, there's no they? no comps, yeah. They're just extending them. They put that they put that up before they're cancelled. I bet they're regretting that now because they're not going to be able to get all the money in. So that's going to extend all those um, uh, fucking Globetrotters cards as well, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But it, it's weird though because it will fuck up. Um, like people like me, they got so I got my first degree. When was that? February, isn't it? So they don't actually count it until you fill out the form with them. I think you'd be able to backdate that, Adam. I think you'll be able to. Yeah. You have to justify a backdate, but I think you'd be able to do it. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> They'll be like, nah, don't believe you. Oh, interesting. But it's interesting for the comps because are there any other MMA organizations going on apart from UFC at the minute? Uh, I don't know, actually. There's been some um, some grappling, isn't there? Craig Jones fought. Um, so that's oh, Mission Underground, wasn't it? Vinny Megalish, yeah. yeah. Vinny Megalish turned his knee 270 degrees. Who the fuck is Craig Jones? Vinny Jones? <laughs> no, so who the fuck is Craig Jones? Yeah. Craig Vinnie Jones fought Vinny Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought he said. <laughs> I was like, what? That'd be a good fight, actually. It would be. Craig Boy, Jones versus Bullet Tooth Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs his leg, gets that punch in the head, that'd be it. Pop his knee off. <laughs> Special referee is Boris the Bullet Dodger. 
<laughs> Why is he called the bullet dodger? Because <laughs> he dodges bullets, Avi. That's a fucking good movie. Sorry. Well, boys, I think we've discussed the, the, the GOAT. We've discussed current affairs. And uh, we've we've hit the spot. Thanks for coming on and having a chat, chaps. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you, George. Thanks, Cronk. Thanks, Ad. Thank you. And Thank you, we'll be back next week for another episode. Oh. So, ciao for now. Ciao for now. Ciao. Bye. Ciao, Bella.